From the Hagley Center for the History of Business, Technology, and Society, this is Stories from the Stacks. I'm Kate Holliday. I'm an architectural historian, and I teach at the School of Architecture at the University of Texas at Arlington. I have come to Hagley to work on a project on the history of telephone buildings. Um, telephone buildings begin to develop as a unique typology about 10 years after the introduction of commercial telephone service, so really in the 1880s. And I'm trying to look for the corporate side of the story, AT&T's side, Bell's side, the Western Union side of the story, and Hagley has rich materials in that area. In looking at these buildings, I'm really interested in, in several things. One is the building as an object, right? understanding how that building itself is designed, so it's technical requirements. On the other hand, I'm also looking for the way those buildings really connect out to the city. The reason these buildings existed was to be connected, right? to create a network, to gather wires from long distances into the basement in many cases, and then send that information back out again. And so while you don't necessarily see that from the outside, it becomes a really critical way of thinking about the way telephone buildings functioned. In some cities, these buildings are enormous. The telephone company used the term urban giants to describe these buildings. But in other smaller neighborhoods, they're just little buildings that fit right in to the surrounding houses. So there's a huge range and variety. So at the Hadley, there are a number of collections that uh, are helping me to understand the corporate side of the story. Um, the first is the MCI collection. Some of the things that I'm finding help explain the relationship between the telephone and the telegraph and the way that AT&T, Bell, and Western Union arranged agreements about space and arranged agreements about where plant equipment would be located. And that's really important for understanding the part of the telephone building that has to do with its urban context. Like where it was located was tremendously important um, for its success and, and keeping it efficient and on budget. Some of the other materials that are particularly useful here are the annual reports of Bell Telephone and of AT&T, which go through in great detail in talking especially about establishing the presence of underground wires as opposed to aerial wires, which was of tremendous importance for cities. By the early 1880s, many cities were covered in a forest of wires. And this caused safety problems, it was unsightly. And so in the annual reports, you can begin to trace the corporate attitude towards their own physical, visual presence in the city and begin to see how they make those changes. The annual reports also begin to show the corporate attitude towards the increasing real estate that the telephone companies own. They begin to understand that because they're a national system with telephone buildings in every city and every town, they're developing a huge real estate portfolio that's really unlike any other corporation. And they begin to be more conscious of thinking about what that investment in real estate means in terms of their bottom line and construction and maintenance costs. That's tremendously helpful. Conducting research at Hagley has been a really wonderful experience. The depth of knowledge of the librarians and archivists is really a part of what makes doing research here possible. It's quite a wonderful place to do research. To learn more about the Hagley Museum and Library and to listen to more stories from the stacks, please visit us online at hagley.org. That's H-A-G-L-E-Y dot O-R-G.